Hello, and welcome to the Ever Widening Circles podcast, designed to give you more joy, less fear, and no end to the evidence that a brighter future is possible. This podcast will give you a fresh perspective on the world around you. We want you to hear from thought leaders in a wave of goodness and progress well underway around the globe that we're calling the Conspiracy of Goodness. I'm Dr. Linda Ulrich, founder of Ever Widening Circles. Since 2014, we've been changing the negative dialogue about our times by celebrating the insight and innovation that prove it's still an amazing world. Along the way, we've been having incredible conversations with thought leaders that we are now sharing with you. Today, I'm going to chat with founder Kenton Lee of Because International. Now, Ken, I love my guests to introduce themselves because most of the thought leaders I'm talking to have such an expansive way of operating in the world that I never know what to put first. Introduce yourself, Ken. <laughs> well, Dr. Linda, it is so great to be here with you. Uh, you and I have been friends for a few years, and this is really fun to record one of our conversations. We always have pretty good conversations, so this is this is fun. Um, yeah, my name is Kenton Lee. I'm the founder of a nonprofit organization located in Idaho. We are called Because International, and uh, our mission is to use products as solutions to alleviate poverty. And the first product that we work with is something I, I created called the Shoe That Grows. It's a shoe that can adjust and expand its size. It can grow five sizes. It can last for years. And it's been a really fun journey to uh, do something I never thought I'd do, which was invent a, a new shoe. And uh, it's been a really fun and unexpected journey about these last 10 years. I love that expression, using products as solutions. You know, Kenton and I had a little conversation right before I started recording, and we were talking about just that notion, you know, I have a new book out called Happiness is an Option. And in that book, I talk about what is now an attention economy. The internet, the, the, the 24-hour news and opinion cycle, social media, it's all about our attention. But I believe there's a gratitude economy coming where we're going to be so thankful there are people like Kent and Lee in the world that we're going to want to work with them. If we have a choice about how to spend our money, we're going to, we're going to want to work with the Kenton Lees of the world. And so Kenton, I want you to share with us, you know, the story you've got such an amazing journey that you've been on to, to right now, this moment in time, go ahead, share with it because it's so diagnostic of what's possible. Sure. So, you know, I, I grew up uh, here in Idaho, a small town and didn't get out too much. And so after college, I really wanted to see the world. I wanted to travel and uh, get out of the U.S. a little bit. And so I, I lived in Ecuador for six months and then in Kenya for six months and had just an amazing experience. And then something happened in Kenya that I uh, wasn't expecting and it, and it has changed my life. But uh, it was probably my second or third week uh, in Kenya, and I I lived and I volunteered at a small orphanage, and so at this orphanage one day we were walking with all the kids, and as we were walking there was a little girl next to me, and I'll never forget she had on a, a beautiful white dress. She's probably eight or nine years old, and 
as I looked down at her, I w- was absolutely shocked at how small her shoes were. She was wearing these shoes that were just way too small for her feet. Um, they were so small, she had to cut open the front to, to let her toes stick out. And it just really, really got to me. And and I looked around kind of with new eyes, and I saw that there were a lot of kids that either had no shoes or or just like this little girl, they would cut open the front of their shoes to let their toes stick out. And so I, I really just, it got to me and kind of stuck with me the, the rest of the day. And finally, I asked the director of the orphanage, you know, why do so many kids have shoes that, that don't fit? He told me that more than a year before, they'd received a great donation of clothes and shoes and things, and but they had not received any more donations since then. And, you know, these are kids, their, their feet are always growing. And he said they just didn't, they didn't have any money to be able to buy them new shoes, you know, whenever their feet would grow. And so the kids just had to do the best with what they had. And right then and there, it's, it's the only idea I've ever had, but right then and there, I just, uh, I had an idea. I just thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice if there was a pair of shoes that could adjust and expand their size? Wouldn't it be nice if there was a pair of shoes that could grow? It just seems like that would be a a, a good fit for these kids. And so that was where the idea started. And and, uh, it took, you know, I got back home to Idaho and kind of slowly worked on it, uh, just a hobby, kind of something I was passionate about on the side. It took six years for me to, to work on it. But uh, finally, was able to make make a design and get it tested and and make a first batch of a few thousand pairs, and then I thought that was all it was ever going to be—just a couple thousand pairs of shoes in my guest bedroom, and I would kind of slowly, <laughs> slowly get them out to uh, people I knew that were working with kids. And and then five years ago, in 2015, we accidentally went viral. There was a story uh, online that came out about our shoes. And it just sparked a ton of publicity. And so it's been really fun. In the last five years, since we went viral, we have now distributed over 300,000 pairs of the shoe that grows. And we have uh, you know, gotten those to kids in over 100 countries. We produce all of our shoes in Kenya at a local factory, and we're bringing jobs to that area. It has just been such a fun journey with with what we call the shoe that grows a shoe that can grow five sizes and last for years. And, um, I just, I just can't wait to see, uh, where it goes from here. It's, it's, uh, it's really taken on a life of its own these, these past five years. It's been fun. So I love that story so much. It gives me goosebumps every time, even though I've heard it many times. So there's some things in there that I really want to bring to the top Give us some numbers about why shoes are super important. It's not just about the way our our fortunate kids need to protect their feet from running on the gravel in the driveway. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so you know, one way I like to describe it is uh, that shoes are small things that make a big difference. And just a couple of numbers to to help show that in Africa alone, there are an estimated 300 million kids with no shoes. And in many other countries, it, it is a problem as well. For anyone living in extreme poverty, shoes are much more than much more than fashion. You know, they are a functional item. 
that can really make a big difference in their lives. And one of the main ways is through health. There's an estimated 1.5 billion, with a B, 1.5 billion people around the world who have some kind of a soil-transmitted disease. And a lot of those soil-transmitted diseases are entering the body through the feet. So if you don't have shoes, often you are getting cuts and scrapes on your feet. And if you live in areas without adequate sanitation, without clean water, you know, just, just really dirty and dangerous areas, often there are diseases that can enter your body through your feet. And so th that's kind of the main value that shoes bring is they provide protection. Uh, against these dirty and dangerous things around you. Um, another really big part of, of shoes that I didn't know until I started to travel was that uh, in many countries around the world, kids have a, a mandatory school uniform that they need to wear to, to attend school. And often shoes are a required part of that school uniform. And so in some areas, if kids don't have shoes, they can't attend school. And, and much less, I mean, a lot of times kids are walking, you know, miles and miles just to get to school. And so, so when kids don't have shoes, uh, it's just a fact. They, they are going to school um, less often. And so, so when they do have shoes, it, again, it's such a small thing, but it makes such a big difference because it allows them to have access to education and to be able to walk there and get there, you know, safely. And it just makes such a big difference. And, and the final thing, and I, I wish I had numbers on this. I, I haven't seen any exact numbers on this and it's hard to quantify, but it's something I've, I've seen um, personally in, in these last few years as I've worked with kids kids in a, a small orphanage in a developing country in Africa, they are just the same as kids, you know, my, my kids, I've got a five-year-old and a six-year-old here in Idaho. Um, I mean, kids are kids, right? And so one of the biggest differences I've seen our shoes make is just adding to the happiness and confidence of a kid, you know, kids anywhere, they love to have what they need to be able to succeed. They love to have a good pair of shoes that fits. And it doesn't matter if you're in the US or South America or Africa or, or Asia, anywhere. And so as I talk about our shoes, I, I really do point to these kind of three main things um, that when kids have shoes, um, especially a good pair of shoes that, that fits, they're able to be a little bit more healthy. They're able to attend school more often, and they're able to have more confidence. And those are big deals to, to children to be able to put them in a position to succeed. And so if something small like a pair of shoes can put a child in a better spot to succeed, sign me up. I'll, I'll do whatever I can to get as many shoes to as many kids as possible. Oh, that is just a breathtaking amount of inspiration. I don't even know. I'm trying to find a better word for that, but <laughs> these are the kind of things, you know, you know me by now, Kenton, you know, I hate miss potential. <laughs> I don't sure. hate I There's almost nothing I hate in the world. My mom used to always say, Oh, hate. That's a big word. <laughs> <laughs> that, that word hurts my ears, but I hate miss potential. Yeah. And this is such a great story of potential being realized. 
And um, I, I want to, I was taking extreme notes as fast as I could while Kenton was talking. And one thing I want to remind people before we move on is that there is an image of the little girl in the white dress's feet that you cannot unsee. I can see it as clearly as, as, as I can in my head right now. So I, I don't know how people find that image, um, Kenton, but do you know the image I'm talking about, right? I do. I do. I mean, that, that photo, I, I, and I believe it, it's on our website somewhere. If you go to becauseinternational.org, uh, because international is the name of our nonprofit. It is such a, a striking image. It, and, and I was there personally, you know, I was able to see it in person, but every time I see that photo, it just, it's so real to me that here is the problem. And then all I did was try to try my best to make a solution. And, and our shoes are not the perfect solution. You know, they, they, they really aren't, but, but I, I saw a problem so clearly and I knew I just had to do something. And so I've, I've been, you know, very fortunate to have many, many people help me and, and, and come alongside our organization. And, and I don't want to ever toot my own horn or, or anything like that, but I, I did what anybody could do. And I'm really glad I did because, because it, it, it kind of started with me, you know, that was my role was to get it started. And now so many others are helping me take it forward. But all I did was I saw a problem and I just wanted to help. And so I, I didn't, I didn't have a perfect solution. I didn't know everything I should do. You know, I, I didn't, I, I didn't have all the answers, but I just wanted to, to try to help. And I'm really glad that I, I kind of put aside my fear and I put aside my, my, uh, uncomfortableness. And I, I just tried to move forward and tried to find a way to help. And I'm glad I did because too often I have not too often I have, I have just sat on the couch and, and not done anything, um, especially when I didn't quite know what to do. And I think a lot of people can find themselves in that situation. Maybe you, you know what the problems are. You know people who are struggling and need something, and you're just not quite sure what they need or where to start. I'm just going to encourage anyone listening, just jump in. <laughs> just do something. Just get started. Because truly, whether it's shoes or something else, um, small things really can make a big difference. You don't have to have the perfect plan or the perfect solution. But if you see a problem, jump in and try to make a difference. Because small things really do have a lot of power. There's, there's, uh, there's power in small things. I, I like saying that. That is... I'm not going to reiterate any of that. I believe every word that you've said, I've seen that over and over again in the thought leaders I've met through ever widening circles. That's exactly it. You know, there's one way of being in the world where you say, you see something and you say, that's just terrible. But there's another way of being in the world where you say, that's just terrible. I'm going to do something about it. Yep, that's it exactly. And and again, I, I don't ever want people to feel pressure to to solve solve everything, you know, fix everything. That we need a, a silver no. bullet solution that's gonna gonna just make everybody happy and everything perfect. But too often we, we think we need that and so it becomes an either or. Either I do nothing or I find a perfect solution. 
and it, and you're never going to find a perfect solution. So too often we just do nothing. And, and that's where I love encouraging people just start small, just start, just get going. And even if you help one person in a small way, um, that really does make a difference. And, and if all of us can do that, that really adds up to, uh, to a really big difference in the world. I totally, I totally agree. I don't even know where to start. I've been writing so many things. <laughs> okay. So let, let's take it from the top about, you know, the practicalness of what you're saying. So have we talked since I really started promoting this idea of the conspiracy of goodness? I, I've, I've heard that wonderful phrase. I love that phrase. Um, but I, I probably don't know too much about that. So yeah, um, feel free to fill me in some more. So I, I know that you're a part of that. So um, at Everwidening Circles, we'd written maybe 1,000, 2,000 articles about all the insight and innovation uncelebrated in the world. And of course, your project is one of them. I think we've written about you twice, maybe. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure, yeah. yeah. And 1,000 like you that are not, word of this, this wave of progress and goodness is not reaching the top of the internet for reasons that I'll, I'll, we may get into later or may not. In any case, I really think that there is a wave of goodness and progress going on in the world that almost no one knows about. So I was talking to a thought leader in March of uh, 2019 and I'm telling him what I was doing. And he said, oh, my gosh, that's just like the story of the conspiracy of goodness. He goes, you know that story, don't you? And I said, no. And he said his dad was the superintendent of schools in Brooklyn when he was growing up. And he always used to tell a story much like this. So apparently there was a town called Le Chambon, France, that managed to save 3,500 Jews from really close nearby concentration camps. These villagers, you know, at great peril to themselves, managed to save all those people for years. Most of them were orphans for a particular set of circumstances. And I discovered when I looked into the actual origin of the phrase conspiracy of goodness, that there was a rabbi, Harold Schulweis, who was giving a talk in 1986 in Europe that he called the conspiracy of evil. And he says that at the end of his talk, uh, an older man stood up in the back of the room who said that he had saved a family of Jews. And the older man said, do you think that I could have saved the entire family without the active help of the milkman, the mailman, and the neighbors? No, for every one person saved, there were seven rescuers. It was a conspiracy of goodness. Hmm. When I first heard that story, I was just rooted to the ground because I thought of all the thought leaders like you. Um, so, so you decide to change the world for many, just like Topher White is another thought leader I love to point to who's figured out a way to save the rainforest, remaining rainforest using old cell phones. Just like Damian Mander has discovered that single mothers make the best game wardens in Africa. So it's easy for the ordinary people like me to think that we can't get started for the reasons that you were talking about, that it's just too big. We think we can't start if we can't make a touchdown. But what I loved about the story of the conspiracy of goodness is that this, this gentleman was pointing out that the heroes are, are the milkman, the mailman, and the neighbor in that story. And I think there's a conspiracy of goodness going on in our times right now. Ordinary people are doing quiet, wonderful things to make the world a better place. 
And I'm pretty sure that that's part of your success story too. Uh, tell us the story of what happened when people started asking how they could get your shoes for their own kids. Yeah, so that was uh, kind of kind of fun. We when we went viral, I mean, so many new things were happening. Uh, but but one of them was people were reaching out to us to ask if they could buy the shoe that grows for their own kids uh, here in the U.S. And we would always tell them no, like that, that just wasn't, that wasn't what we did. We, we were a nonprofit. We were trying to get shoes to, to kids around the world who were in, in desperate need of them. Um, but people kept asking if they could, if they could buy them. And, and so after a couple of years, we finally thought, you know, if, if people want to, to buy them, we might as well make a way for, for that to happen. And so we, um, we actually started a separate uh, commercial company called Grow5, uh, G-R-O, and then there's no W, just G-R-O-F-I-V-E, uh, so Grow5. And it's owned by the nonprofit, but it, but it is a, a, a separate company uh, where we sell our growing shoes uh, commercially. And we, we decided to give them a different name on the commercial side. So our, on the nonprofit side, it's called the, the Shoe That Grows. On the commercial side, they're called Expandles. So expanding sandals and, uh, and it's been so fun. You know, we, I'll be honest, it's, it's not, uh, taken off like a rocket ship or anything, but we sell maybe a hundred pairs a month, something like that. And we have shoes on our website, grow5.com and also on Amazon. And, but it's really fun. Like you said, kind of a conspiracy of good. You know, we, we, we never thought about selling them commercially. And and for every shoe we we sell, you know that the money that we get goes right back into our nonprofit, and and that helps us get more shoes to to more kids in in need, and and helps us change their lives. And and I, I would have never had the idea to sell our shoes. I I never even thought anybody would would want to buy our shoes. And it's been so fun to have, you know, moms and dads and. And, and, and grandmas and grandpas, and I mean, just lots of people kind of join our tribe and, and help share the news about our shoes and, and purchase them and, and promote them and, and just be a part of, of what we're trying to do. And so in these last five years, I mean, I've got dozens of stories of people coming alongside of us and, and helping us do more than I could have ever done myself you know, and, and it's, it's been so fun to, to be a part of this story. And, you know, it, I, I can't, I can't wait to continue to see where our story goes, but it's also opened up my eyes for me to try to be a part of other people's stories as well. I, Linda, I know that, you know, you are such the, the heartbeat of ever widening circles, but I, I hope in a super tiny, tiny way you know, the, the ways that we've been able to connect. I hope I've been, you know, someone, someone in your tribe, someone in, in your conspiracy of good, you know, for what you are doing. So it's really fun when I think of conspiracy of good, I think of some really active ways where I'm, I'm helping lead a few of those conspiracies. But then I also think of ways that I am, I'm the milkman, I'm the mailman, you know, I'm, I'm not the the leader of it, but I'm I'm trying to be helpful with someone else's conspiracy too. So I love that phrase, and uh, 
yeah, um, it's 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 a great way to live trying to be be a part of of all of these different conspiracies for good. Hey, everyone, Dr. Linda here. I wanted to let you know that we just released my book. Happiness is an option. In the book, I share insights you can use immediately to thrive in the era of the Internet. Life is too short. What we are seeing on the Internet, social media and the news is only a slice of reality. But there are four simple shifts you can make to start seeing the rest of the story. And that story can send you soaring every day. The book is available online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or by going to the website for the book, happieroption.com. So thanks so much for supporting us this way, too. So, Kenton, you know, what you're describing with your journey there from starting with a mission, being committed and committed and committed, and then these folks come along and and they they really are encouraging you to allow them into your journey, asking for these these shoes. You know, that's part of a gratitude economy, I think, that's coming upon us. Right now, I have what I call an attention economy, that there's really, there's no reward, there's no value placed on the internet, what things that are good or things that have merit or rigorous intention or expertise. It's just whatever can get people's attention is rising to the top. But I think we're getting wise to that game, that that, that, that game's being played with our emotions on the internet. And I see more and more people spending their money and their time in alignment with their values. And so companies like you're describing are going to be part of a, of a gratitude economy that I think is coming up where people will spend a little bit more to have their money also do something good in the world. So there's this category of mission-driven for-profits, which I would probably call uh, Grow5, the, the expandals aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Tell, me about, tell me about anything that you, any notions that come to your mind about that way of constructing business. Because we're going to, people are going to listen to this who are kind of on the verge of having an idea that they want to start something in the world that can be for good. Tell, tell me what you think about when, when you think about this middle category between for-profit and non-profit. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's a great way to, to structure and, and set up a, a, a business. I think if, um, you know, our, so, so my, my day job, my, my main work is with our nonprofit. And I, I love that. I love connecting with donors and supporters, uh, and foundations and it's awesome. But it's, it's also, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if the world needs more nonprofits, you know, tr- truly. I, I, I think I'm, I'm happy to say that on, on the record. And, uh, and yeah, I know that that the world needs more good businesses that have good hearts and can do good things with the, whether it's the production of their, their products that, you know, do it, doing it in ways that help the earth, whether it's how they communicate with their, with their customers or, you know, what they do with their profits. Um, the world needs more businesses that are run with, integrity and and compassion and and justice in in so many ways now the the trick is how to how to do all that and still make money 
And <laughs> that and is the trick, isn't it? That is the trick. It totally. Is. And <laughs> you know, to be honest, we're we're not quite there yet on on our commercial company with our shoes. We're still very very small, and it it's uh, too small to you know like support myself. You know, just just being honest and. And yet, I still believe in it. I still believe in what we're doing. I believe in why we're doing it. And even if it never got any bigger than, you know, a hundred pairs of shoes uh, a month, um, I feel like it's still worth it for me to to be a part of it and and to help it help it keep going. And and again, that's my belief in small things that that make a big difference. You know, it, it's so rare, I think, to to connect an, an amazing idea with a lot of compassion, something like Tom's shoes from, from several years ago when they were really just, uh, you know, everybody knew them and they, everybody had a pair and, and it was such a unique model and such a cool thing. I mean, that's, that is hard to do. Not everybody can, can be a Tom's shoes, but can people do what I'm doing? Can people take an idea that they have can they start a business? Can it be somewhat small, but maybe they can they can make a dollar or two, and at the same time they can do some really good things for the earth and for people who need some help. I and I think that is so possible, and it's a great way to to even just get started. And who knows? Maybe the business will take off. Maybe things will will really get a lot of traction and 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 take off. But I think it's such a good mindset to to not start thinking that you're going to to be the next Tesla or the next Toms or whatever. I mean, that, that is just so hard to do. And, and yet it's okay to start and just think small and get started small and then see where the journey takes you. But it, I, I love, I love the fact that I go to, I go to bed at night and I'm, and I'm happy with the work that I did, you know, during the day. And that I'm excited to wake up in the morning, you know, and, and that just comes from an extension of myself. I get to, I get to be a part of things that really fit with who I am. And so my hope is that people can figure out what makes them go, figure out what they're passionate about and then be a part of that, you know, and get to, get to do that every day. I, I'm so fortunate that I get to do that. And, and, uh, I hope that for, for many, many people, they, have a chance to to work every day with something that that they're passionate about even if it's small <laughs> even if it's not a not a big thing well that's what the milkman the mailman and the neighbors probably said about what they were doing for this guy who was saving a, a, an entire family right they, th- yeah. they probably thought that what they were doing was small but he surely pointed out that it all adds up and, yeah. and matters yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. I love a few things that you said, you know, figuring out what makes you go. Oh, that is such a great way to say it. You know, I'm like you. My eyes pop open at about five o'clock in the morning every morning and I just jump out of bed. I can't wait to get back to my little office and finish the things and keep going. I've had to force myself to try and get seven hours sleep or I was going to be another <laughs> Ariana Huffington found on the floor of my office. <laughs> uh, but boy, I, I only allow myself seven hours and then I'm at it again. And that is a way to live that I think could be one of the gifts to come out of the pandemic for some of us. Mm. 
You yeah. know, it's been a pause. We've, we've ha- many of us have had the ability. Now, many have not, you know, the, the God bless the, you know, the workers that are in industries that we need more than ever now, but some of us have had a time to pause and we, we are examining our priorities and stuff. Tell me what you have to say on that. Yeah, I know the pandemic has been tragic for you know countless people for for sure and for for the majority though it it has been yeah it, at the very least a mental pause if not a physical pause if not a really big life pause and I know I I would hope that in the midst of what is such a difficult situation and something I wish would not have happened but it, it did happen. It is happening. And I, I do hope that people can come out of this better. That's the nature of uh, trying to take lemons and make lemonade, right? I mean, that that's, that's this whole thing is how can you take such a difficult situation and we can't change it. We, we don't have a time machine. We're not going to stop it, you know, from happening because it, it's happened. It's happening. So how can we make the best of it? And and I totally agree. This is a great time for people to learn about themselves, learn about those closest to them, their family, their friends, learn about, yeah, what what do they want to do with life? We get we get one life, right? And what do they want it to be? And and maybe for many people that were just kind of in the rat race and they were just spinning and going from one thing to another and maybe not putting a lot of thought into why maybe this has been a great time for them to, to reassess who they are and what they want to get out of life. And, and again, at the same time, it's been such a difficult time, but how can we take difficulties? How can we take a really tough thing and just make it the best we can? So well, that's I, what humans yeah. are so good at doing. Yeah, you we know? are. Yeah. That's what we're yeah. good at doing. I, part of the book, I, I haven't, we don't have sponsors yet for this podcast. It's all a matter of finding the time to do everything, isn't it, Ken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I did take the time to write a book at the beginning of the pandemic that just um, launched on September 1st, and it was an international bestseller on by day four. It's called happiness is an option. And in the book, I talk about a lot of the things you were just articulating is that we have a choice of what we give our attention to. And it turns out if we keep reminding ourselves that what we see on the internet is only a slice of reality and that there is a world of progress and good people doing extraordinary things out there. I give people four shifts that they can do to start seeing all those people on the screens in their lives. We can change the future and we will I really believe that we're at the end of this era of division and chaos. And I'm writing, uh, when I do sign the book for people, I always say, I I suspect we're in the storm before the calm. Hmm. And this is how humanity has made most of its leaps. In the book, I talk about a few good historical examples of how we humans... (laughs) We're a funny thing, aren't we? We we seem to do best when our back is to the wall, then we come together and we leap forward together. I love something I wrote down that you said. You said, I did what anybody could do. So 
that's what I'm, I'm really encouraging people who, who seem a bit down right now. I'm really encouraging them to look at what they can do. Maybe they're a great bread baker or maybe they're a great gardener or maybe they're, I don't know. Tell me, tell me about other things that you're seeing that keep you hopeful out in the world, Kim. Yeah. You know, this is, this is one of my favorite parts of the message that there's power in small things because if we're supposed to do big things, you know, not, not everybody can do a big thing. You know, not everybody is a Bill Gates who, who has the power to do, you know, the, the resources to do some pretty big things. But luckily there's power in small things and everybody can do a small thing. It doesn't matter if you're a kid or a teenager or an adult or, or an older adult, anybody, everybody can do small stuff. And so I, I, I I love that mentality, and and I've seen that here in my town. I live in a small town in Idaho, and I've been so impressed with our mayor. She has uh, she has stepped up in again such a difficult situation. She didn't sign up for this, but she has stepped up. She's gone above and beyond. She does things that I know make her tired, make her uncomfortable. Uh, are, are just things that she never anticipated doing and she does them. And here's, here's my biggest thing that I'm impressed with her. She does it with a smile because even in our small town, there's some divisions. There's some people have taken some sides on different issues. Everything she does, she never makes anybody feel bad for whatever they believe, whatever they want to do. She just moves forward the best way she can. And she does it with a smile. And I've so enjoyed that. I've written her at least two or three thank you notes to say I, I'm just really proud of her and what she's doing. And it's even stuff like that. I notice what she's doing. Other people notice what what I'm doing. Uh, people are watching you, Dr. Linda. You know, like people notice, even though they might not ever say anything, people are watching. People see how you respond to situations, to, to others, people, people watch and they can either be encouraged by some of the small things you do, a smile, a kind word, going out of your way to, to do something nice. You know, people can either be encouraged and inspired or they can, they can be put off and, and upset. And so, yeah, there's just so many small things I've, I've seen these past few months that have really, you know, encouraged me. And, and I hope, I hope I'm, I'm doing those small things too. When I'm with my family, when I'm with my friends, when I'm out in the community, even just, uh, you know, going into, to Target or whatever, you know, I, I hope I'm always being kind and doing the small things that will encourage others to, to live a positive life. What if we all walked around like that? <laughs> and, it, you know, and, and we can. That's the that's the that's the cool thing. We can. Everyone can do that. It's not it's not anything that that people can't do, or that you have to be a big giant leader to to do. Uh, we can all do that stuff. And I I hope I the reason one of the reasons I I talk about it and I I believe in it is because I I truly think that someday we can, you know, and And you see it and I'm sure you see it work in your life. It goes out in ever widening circles. I mean, that's the reason why we did the website. What we did is because, you know, we're all tossing pebbles in the pond all day long and we'll never know where that one act of kindness will land. 
but it could land someplace and change the future for somebody else. It can be amplified by the the next person that that interacts differently with another because of it. That's what I've always loved about our chats is I always felt so expanded after we talked. And I think that we all are in this this time when when we're pausing, when we have the ability to pause, decide what we're giving our attention to, really, really monitor what we're giving attention to, and then make the next move with with some intention, you know? Hmm. I, so like I, I like that. I like that. I love to ask people, um, we're about ready to close here, but I feel like we could keep on talking, that's for sure. One question that I always ask my guests, um, actually, there's two. One is, if people want to connect with the shoe that grows with grow five with because international, where's the best pace for people to start connecting with you and, and wanting and helping you amplify all this goodness that you're putting out there. Yeah. Thanks for asking. You know, the, the best place is probably with our nonprofit website. And so our, our nonprofit name is because just like the word uh, because international. And so if people want to look at us uh, on online, they can go to because international.org. Um, they could also just Google because international, they could Google the shoe that grows and we're the first one that pops up and they can find us that way. But uh, that's a great place to start. You can learn all about our shoes. Uh, you can link over to the commercial side if you want to buy some shoes for you or your kids. And you can find me on the website as well and my contact info in case you'd like to reach out to me. I, I love talking to people and be happy to to connect with anybody who wants to. And I'll tell you, I'll back up Kenton's, <laughs> Kenton's word. He's good for his word. Um, the first, I think I contacted you in Everwidening Circles is quite a little small thing. And you were just as kind as you are today. So thanks for, <laughs> thanks for thinking so big. <laughs> Anything's possible. So, okay. So I always end these interviews with one last question. I like to ask my guests, what reminds you? Well, first of all, I should say, Ever Widening Circles, our, our subtitle is, It is Still an Amazing World. So my last question is, what reminds you every day that it is still an amazing world, Kim? Yeah, that's got to be my, my kids. I've got a five-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son. They are, you know, like any any parents, I think, would say, you know, my, my kids are amazing. But they've been such uh, grace for me in the days that I don't do as well in the days that I, that I struggle, they have been just, uh, just, uh, the, the right medicine for me with the way that they see the world and the things they get excited about. And even the things that they worry about the little, the little things in their life. I'm always, uh, a better person when I'm, when I'm focused on my kids and listening to my kids and around my kids. Um, you really can learn a lot from from the littlest ones uh, among us, and I've I've been uh, privileged to to be the dad of these two awesome kids, and and they they remind me that that the world's pretty great, and whenever I get too lost in the into my problems and my worries, I just need to try to see life through their eyes maybe a, a little bit more. So yeah, I, my, my, I love my kid that is. answer. <laughs> The wisdom of four, five, and six-year-olds is magical, isn't it? Yep. So that that's a good piece of advice. If you're if you're bummed out a little bit, go go pick the brain of a four, five, or six-year-old, and and you're gonna find no end to the hope and and dreams that you need. 
So Kenton, it's been a lovely, lovely conversation. For information about Kenton's work and anything that we mentioned here, check out the show notes below because, oh, I have such a crack team. They, they just fill the show notes with so much great stuff. And as always, dive into the ever-widening circles universe. There's so many things in our constellation now that can help you find less fear and more joy. Gee, there's a, since we ended this conversation about kids, we have a great education site for students around the world called ewced.com. Holy moly. (laughs) We need to attach kids to learning and wanting to learn because of all the wonder and awe that's still in the world. So I always tell people at the end of this this podcast that they've got little people in their lives, head over to ewced.com. And um, you can also, a lot of people ask me how they can help Everwinding Circles. And I always say, download the app. It's a dollar a month for the antidote to the daily news right in the palm of your hand. That's how we're going to change the world. By downloading the app, you can actually send a a message to content creators that we will support positive media. And also, you can help us keep bringing people like Kenton Lee and The Shoe That Grows up to the top of the awareness on the internet. And one last thing that's a really big, big news is that we're hosting the first Conspiracy of Goodness Summit on October 4th. And of course, that goes back to that great story I told earlier on the podcast. The Conspiracy of Goodness is a movement in our times, and we're going to celebrate that on October 4th. We've got eight great speakers who are have some role in that in the world that are going to give us all a bunch of tools so we can live our lives with, with so much joy and create a much brighter future together. So I hope all these connections to goodness and progress carry you through your week and you start finding all that joy and wonder that we've been talking about. Thanks a lot. For more information about our guests' work or the subjects we mentioned, check out the show notes for the links. And as always, dive into the ever-widening circles universe by visiting us at ewc.co. That's short for ever-widening circles, ewc.co. If there are students in your life, turn them loose on the education site that we have at Everwinding Circles. You can find that at ewced.com. And subscribe to the Everwinding Circles app. People are always asking me what they can do to help. This is the number one thing you can do to help our efforts. For less than a dollar a month, you will have the antidote to the daily news right in the palm of your hand with our app. And that $1 will help us send a signal to content creators that people will support positive content. And big news, (laughs) we will be hosting the first Conspiracy of Goodness Summit on October 4th. You can get tickets to that and be able to enjoy the recorded program thereafter at cogsummit.com. Cog is short for Conspiracy of Goodness. C-O-G Summit, S-U-M-M-I-T dot com. I hope all these connections to goodness and progress carry you through your week and you start finding all that joy and wonder we've been talking about.